Is it possible that AI artwork is slowly driving humanity to the brink of insanity? And then we travel to Colorado to take a look at the story of a young man who's out hiking through the wilderness one day. He thinks he's just going to see the sunrise, a couple squirrels hanging out, maybe a bird flying around. But instead, this man comes face to face with the endless chaos of time itself. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm Jason Carpenter, I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun doing whatever you're doing. We got a lot of stuff to cover today, so first off, running into Dead Rabbit Command right now is one of our legacy Patreon supporters. Everyone get on your feet and give a big round of applause for Waldo Festus. Woohoo, yeah, Festus, Festus. He's doing a little dance for us, dancing around. Waldo, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. <laughs> you guys can't support the show financially if you guys can't support the show through the Patreon. It's totally fine. It really is. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know. Dead Rabbit Radio is your favorite paranormal show. You can also, I also, I never mentioned this, Patreon members do get the podcast ad-free. So if the ads are something that is kind of bumming you out, you actually, you probably stopped listening to the podcast at this point. You're like, I can't do the ads. Uh, Patreon members do get the episodes ad-free. So that is an added bonus for that. Waldo, let's go ahead and get this party started. I'm going to toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dirgible. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. Fly us all the way out into the world of computers. <laughs> You're like, how do I fly a blimp into a computer? Well, hit that digital button. Hit that button. We're all going to turn into the lawnmower men. And now we're floating through cyberspace, 1990 level CGI. We're just, we're just basically blocky dudes running around inside a computer. Now, here's the thing. AI art. AI art, we've talked about it a lot on this show. I don't really want to retread it. I don't want to talk about the societal aspects of it all. Because I think we're reaching a point. And, you know, we're going to put on our conspiracy capture this one real early. I think we're reaching a point where we can start to possibly see some of the spiritual or metaphysical dangers of AI art. Now, I'm going to be super honest, put all my cards on the table. I love AI art. I love the fact that me, who cannot draw, it is one of the things that I regret. I have very few regrets in life. One of them is that I did not practice drawing when I was a kid. I wanted to be a comic book artist. I wanted to work in the comic book industry. And I suck at drawing. And looking back now, if I had practiced that entire time, I'd be great. I can visually see these amazing images in my head, how detailed they are, down to the screws of these starships. But I can't draw them. I get super frustrated because I can't, what I see on the paper looks nothing like what's in my head, so I just give up. And I just kept giving up for years and years, and now I don't even attempt to draw. Now when I draw, I know that it's bad. And I wish I had stuck with it. So the fact that now I can, with just a couple sentences, 
create an amazing piece of art. Now you go, Jason, the AI art, it looks phony. It has that sheen. There's something off about it. I agree with all that. But up until earlier this year, the images in my head were trapped in my head. The only way I could get them out was to put them into words. It was writing a story. But stories take a long time to read. And stories you have to have an audience for. And you can either send someone a short story and say, hey, you know, come into my world for 30 minutes. Read this short story. Tell me what you think. Or not. If you hate it, if you hate it, if it's constructive feedback, I'll take that. But Or you can take less than five seconds to really analyze a piece of art and go, wow, thanks for letting me see into your world. This is a really cool vision that's come out of your head. I know I have a lot of artists who listen to this show. And I have a lot of artists who are my friends. And I I know I have a lot of artists who listen to this show. And I know their attitudes towards AI art is different than mine. Totally fair. There was a moment in time where I went on Patreon and I said, Hey, I'm thinking about for the Patreon, because they get the ad-free episodes. I go, what if I did like custom AI art for each episode? And people were like, no, don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. Uh, We had a poll. And a couple of people voted yes. I think it was kind of almost 50-50, but the people who voted no personally sent a message to me saying, I'd really appreciate it if you did not do that because there's artists out there. And I was totally fine with that. I would, I totally respected that. Um, I couldn't have a custom artist do art each episode. They're just the workload and topics change. Even while I'm recording it, I'll, I'll change stories in the middle of it. But. So that's all that, but... What's interesting is, and this, it, we'll put on a conspiracy caps real early for this, real early for this episode. I have a conspiracy theory. There's another conspiracy theory going around about AI art. Let's actually cover the one that's going around right now. This one was posted on the X board recently. They believe that AI art, specifically Doll E3, which is one of the versions of these AI art programs. They say do not use Dolly 3. I would assume also all the Dolly programs, uh, but that's me putting words in their mouth. They said um, do not look at these AI-generated images coming out of this AI format. The poster says, quote, your brain was not wired to view the things it can create. It will generate realistic horrors beyond your comprehension, and neurons in your brain will fire that were not evolved to... Well, they made some grammar errors, but the neurons in your brain um, will fire in ways they weren't supposed to. You will become schizophrenic, he continues. It is a cognito hazard, which is a cursed image. And it's interesting because, I mean, it's a conspiracy theory that he posted a picture of uh, Homer Simpson eating Bart Simpson's guts. As there's a wizard standing in the hallway cheering him on. It is a weird image. You can type really anything into these AI programs. And someone responds to this and they said, listen, humans can already draw stuff that's absolutely horrifying. They can draw abominations. And you just imagine all of this fantasy artwork that can be created. Basically that a human could do. A human could draw a picture of Homer eating Bart's guts as a wizard is cheering him on at the end of the hallway. But here's the thing. 
I guess these aren't two different conspiracy theories. I think they're kind of combined into one. This guy might have a point. I'm not necessarily saying that if you look at AI-created art, you'll go schizophrenic. You're <laughs> like, ah, ah, you're all freaking out, running around in the room. You're like, oh, but how come this wasn't episode one, Jason? You should have warned us before. Here's the thing. When you when you use AI art, you are not using any other tool. You're, this guy says, sure, it's just a collection of colored dots arranged in a certain way. That's the guy who was skeptical to this whole thing. He goes, humans can draw all sorts of horrific things. Uh, this AI program is just a bunch of dots on a screen. It's not. I mean, okay, technically it is, but... You're creating some... This is what I find so fascinating about the AI artwork. I do think it has troubling implications, not for the employment of human artists, not for things like that, but I am a storyteller. That is the role that I've been given. I'm a storyteller. I cannot draw. I say if I practiced every single day, I might be good, but I really... I'd be better than I am, but I would never be a comic book artist. I would never be that good. That is my lot in life. Well, what if somebody invented a program that could seamlessly, painlessly give you a different lot in life? Where I can now I could honestly spend a weekend, maybe a couple more days, really, really drilling into Midjourney or Dolly or any of these other AI programs out there, really learning how they work, and start putting together a rudimentary comic book that looks really good. And the more time I spend using the program and the more tutorials I do within a month, it'd be pretty badass. I have the stories in my head. I can't put them to art. And really, I feel this is going to get metaphysical and, you know, like kind of Gaia.com here. But when you have that lot in life, you then build relationships with others if you want to pursue certain things. Comic book writing. If I really wanted to be a comic book writer... I'm sure throughout my life there were multiple opportunities where I was meeting people who wanted to draw comic books and I either took that opportunity or I did not to start hanging out with them, to start being their friends. For for my music, when we look back at my short-lived but fairly successful music career, I mean, I had a lot of fun doing this stuff. Right at the right times, I was meeting producer. Like, I had a friend that I used to work with for years named... Simple. That's not his. Real, that's not his real name. He's not Slingblade, but we were friends. We stopped. We got different jobs. We moved away. When we reconnected, I was writing lyrics. He was making beats. It completely fell into place. I started meeting other rappers in the area. Became great friends with friends that I ended up doing projects with them on. Everything was falling into place. Now, I could have easily not reconnected with my friend, not gone to this particular music conference, not gone to this particular open mic. And I wouldn't have connected with those people. But the way that the universe was laid out, all of those connections were made. If I really wanted to be a comic book writer, those connections would have been made. Now, there are some people who who can be all in one. 
Todd McFarlane, great comic book writer and great artist. But for the most part, you have writers and you have artists. And when they combine, that's when the magic happens. You can have Kanye West, rapper and beat maker, producer. And that's one guy. Or you can have Dr. Dre and Eminem. And the combined powers of those two cranking out classics. But now I have the power to not need, I don't have to make a connection with another human. I was given a lot in life to be a writer, and now I can also be an artist, a very good artist. Every writer can now be Todd McFarlane. And that might not be good. You're given a calling, you're given a purpose. And I think that if my purpose was to be a stellar comic book writer slash artist, I would have had both of those skill sets. Because some people do. Most people don't, but some people do. But if I really wanted to get into comics, I had to forge these relationships with other humans. Which, again, is very metaphysical. I'm not talking about, like, how to succeed in business. No. If I wanted to enter, there was, there is a interconnectedness in humanity. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. We all seem to meet the right people at the right time. We also seem to meet the wrong people at the right time as well. Some of us have had disastrous relationships in our lives. And you can go, wow, that was awful. What a waste of three years. I can't believe I ever spent any time with that person. But I'll tell you what. If you met that person at a different time in your life, it probably would have been a lot worse. You met that person when, after it was over, you were able to stand up and walk away. If that makes sense. I've had real toxic relationships that had they happened when I was much younger, I probably would have gotten married. But because I met them so much later in life and I saw all the red flags, I was like, this person's nuts. I met him at the right time to pick up on those. I still wasted a bunch of time on him, but I didn't take it as far as I would have if I was younger. This is the interconnectedness of humanity. And I think AI, I know you guys might be like, wow, is Jason smoking weed on a soda can again? No, I think that interconnectedness is there for a reason. I chose not to do art. I chose not to meet those. I chose not to do comic books. I didn't meet those people. I chose to do music. I met these people. Great friendships. Without the music that we made back then, I wouldn't have the music for this podcast. The music for this podcast, I think, is one of the big draws to it. It really ties everything together. But what if I could have done it all on my own? I just hit a button and I go, spooky beat. Spooky, retro-futuristic beat. And it came up with Atlantis Attacks, which is that song. Sure, I'd have the same song, but the relationships I made with Simple wouldn't be there. Decade-plus-long friendships. Multiple decades-long friendships with these guys. I think it's going to... I think that you're going to take people... And this is where we go back to this export post. I think that... If it required, it's going to sound crazy again, but if it required two people to create this, one writer and an artist to make this comic book, and now I, simply the storyteller, can type in prompts, now I have the art, I have all these panels. Because that's where we're at now. You can replicate Batman comic books. You have all this stuff. Bam. 
panel by panel telling the story. It wasn't meant to be. This was not meant to exist. The writer was not supposed to be able to generate the art. Something is wrong. Does this make sense? Like something in any other era of human history, this could not happen. The writer with the mind of the writer and the imagination of the writer was not supposed to ever be able to generate such detailed drawings or whimsical drawings or whatever they are. Stephen King cannot draw. I'm sure maybe he's tried painting once and someone gave him $10,000 because it's signed Stephen King, but he can write. He's not an artist. And not supposed to be an artist. Again, if he has some scribbles out there someone's paying money for, it's just because of his name. It's not art. It's commerce. You have this thing that no other time in human history should have ever been, been able to happen. The artist and the writer, the storyteller and the image maker are the same. You go, Jason, well, I mean, like, that's kind of the way technology advances. An email is simply a faster letter, I would argue. And a letter is just a more permanent way to tell a message. I can speak to you and say, hello, I can write it down, or I can email it to you. Those are all the same thing. And anyone who is literate in any way could do that. You have that. You could go, Jason, what about music? That's new now that I can pull out my iPod and walk down the street and listen to my music. But yeah, all music is is a recording of a real person singing, and we've been doing that for millennia. It's a per- it's just a recording of an event. Someone who can't sing, imagine this, someone who can't sing at all. Well, it's funny because, see, here's the thing. Now I'm thinking auto-tune, right? People have auto-tuned their voices. They weren't able to do that before. So does that shoot a hole in my argument? (laughs) Did I just waste? (laughs) Did I just waste 20 minutes? Here's the thing. This is just the way Jason's brain works. I don't obviously think of every single detail, and I'm just sitting down to talk about this. Um, Forget forget that I brought up singing because then the auto... I don't know if the auto-tune argument adds to it, because again, imagine if so. Okay, here's a better, here's a better version. Because auto tune again is just fixing the singing. You can still go somewhere out there. There's a man there, and then you can auto tune it so it sounds better. But I'm still was able to vocalize it. Imagine though that that's one thing. What I think this artwork, and we'll get. I know we've been talking about it forever, but. Someone, to use the singing analogy, imagine if somebody could only communicate in grunts and growls. <laughs> a dog, for example. Uh, 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 uh. That was it. That was their language. Like you could, It's like a Chewbacca thing. You could kind of get what they were going for, but it's not super in-depth. There's not a lot of nuance to it. And then you invented a program that they could put a box on their mouth and they would go, Somewhere out there, there's a man there. It shouldn't exist. 
shouldn't exist. They don't have, they're at that stage of communication and now they're singing like a human. There's something wrong. I see here, I do believe there is something wrong with AI art. I do love it, but uh, it's not, it is, I, my attitude has kind of changed. It is not simply traditional art. It's not a new version of art. There is something off about it beyond the uncanny valley. I like it. I view it. I think it's funny. It's a technological marvel. I'm amazed by it. I don't use it much myself simply because I'm busy, but I have often thought I just should spend a couple days really delving into this. But I still think that it is not. There's something wrong with it. Something bad about it is, is what I think. I think it's. I don't know if it can give you schizophrenia, but I don't think it's good for. I don't think it's good for society overall. And it may not be good for the user. I think if anything, it might more unbalance the user than the person viewing it. But you know, we'll see. I'm like, I'm I'm open to this world-ending technology. I don't know what's going to come out of it. I find it fascinating. I'll keep looking into it. But it definitely could be. It's so weird because I think of all of the, and everyone can look at this too, all of the decisions you've made professionally or in your private life and how they've caused you to form these human relations. What if half of those decisions you could have just done yourself? You had the technology to sit there and go, you know, I really want to learn how to dance. And then you're able to hit a button and a holographic dance partner appears in your room and you learn all of these amazing dance moves dancing with this holographic partner. Sure, you know how to dance, but you've never danced with a human before. You never built those bonds. They don't even have to be romantic, just hanging out at your local secret salsa society, meeting people and having fun. You still go back to the same home. You still go back to your home where you know, you're alone, but those... Bonds need to start being forged somewhere. And I think that this technology is quickly eliminating that. I think this AI artwork is just ahead of the curve. We're going to see a lot more of this stuff. Waldo, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Carboner Copter. We are leaving behind the internet. Fly us all the way out to... A kitchen. It's the 1980s. We are standing in this apartment kitchen. We're about to meet this young man. He's walking around trying to make some toast. He's like, where did I put the bread? And he said, my apartment was nearby an international airport in Virginia. So very often, planes would fly over my apartment when they were coming into land. Actually, the 1980s, they were probably jets. They weren't prop planes. Big planes coming in. One day, this guy's in his kitchen. All of a sudden, like normal, you probably schedule them, right? You know when the planes are leaving. He's probably like, oh... I'm not going to do anything for the next four hours because my entire apartment is just going to rumble from plane after plane. He said, there's a plane coming over my apartment and the next thing I knew, 
I was crouched down in a foxhole. It was in a little hole in the earth, mud on all sides of him. Now he's back in his kitchen, but he's crouched down, his hands covering his head. That was posted online by a guy going by the name Turtle Toes 67 He said he was 17 when it happened back in the 1980s. Doesn't really know. Doesn't really know what it was. But it was a time slip. That was what we would figure. These are time slips. He was remembering. Well, here's a, this is the, kind of what we talked about yesterday, and I don't want to go too much. I don't want to just keep going back over that. But what is a time slip? Is it a? It's not a reincarnation memory. It's actually slipping into another time period. But he's in Virginia. There, I, I don't know much about Virginian history. I don't think they were ever in foxholes hiding from airplanes. It was almost like he was teleported to Europe. During some sort of world war. He's in this foxhole. Hiding from this plane overhead. He's teleported. Or brought back into our time period. Time slips back. He's still in the same position. That's an interesting part of it as well. And this is all really. One person posted about. Hey man I think I had a time slip. We talked about it yesterday. The guy was running around. the. He was grocery shopping. Walking through. A grocery store, the next thing he knows, he's running on the top of a castle rampart, fighting a guy to the death. And when he teleported back into the grocery store, he was still just slowly walking down the aisle. He wasn't in a full bore sprint tackling a security guard or being tackled by security guards. The only person who was there was his fiancée. He told her about what happened, but he hasn't really discussed it with anyone else. He posted this online and then other people are coming out with their stories. And what's interesting is Turtle Toes said, I had this experience where all of a sudden I was not in my kitchen but in a foxhole. And someone else online responded to that and said, same thing happened to me except when I was a kid, I was really sick. I heard a plane fly overhead and the next thing I know I was in a muddy foxhole that another guy was crammed into as well, and there were bombers flying overhead, and one of them dropped a bomb on me. (laughs) One of them dropped a bomb, not like that song. It wasn't very funkadelic. It was a real, it was a real live ordinance that landed on this kid, and he says, I woke up back in my reality. He posted online to see as I am. That, I, see, here's the thing, that is probably like a fever-induced dream. He's a little kid, he's really sick, that probably does, that would make me think he's just hallucinating. A lot of these could be hallucinations as well. They're still fascinating, though. You have that guy who, it's a little less, if you're just like walking around your house and next thing you know, you're curled up on the floor, on the floor of your kitchen and you thought that you were in a war, but you weren't, you didn't have a fever, you weren't eight. You know, you probably did have some sort of time slip. I did say on yesterday's episode, though, you probably should get it checked out to see if you have a tumor. And here's another... We're not going to have time to get to the story that I wanted to. I spent so much time talking about the Dolly art, but I did want to share this one more time slip with you. Time slip... This is time slip week, everybody. This is my... I'm announcing it after the fact. Time slip week. Again, I thought this was super interesting. We're about to meet this kid... Just imagine it's a couple doors down. Planes are blowing everything up. We're just walking across this battlefield. Let's go meet this other kid. 
We walk in. He's sitting in his bedroom reading a book. We're going to call this guy Joey. Joey said, listen, when I was 10 years old, I never watched nothing gory. I wasn't allowed to watch gory stuff. Nothing too violent, nothing too gory, no blood and guts, nothing. My parents were total dweebs. But, Joey says, even though I had none of that media in me, I saw something. Wasn't a hallucination. Wasn't a dream. It was a time slip. Something happened to me where I was teleported back. Now, this one is maybe a reincarnation one, too. We're always so iffy on what's actually going on. But he goes, I remember when I was 10 years old, I very clearly remember waking up as an adult man on a vast battlefield. He said, I woke up and the first thing I noticed was the smell. The smell of iron filled my nostrils. The smell of blood. He says, I woke up and I realized I was on a battlefield But the battle was over. And my side lost. I'm looking around and I am just surrounded by a sea of dead men. And I'm trying to get to my feet, trying to find my bearings. And I realize that a lot of these guys were my friends. I knew them. I had deep personal connections to these now deceased men. He said, I saw them and a few of them still had an axe buried deep in their body. Sticking out of their brain, protruding from their chest. An axe Wedged into their guts. Entrails spilling out. Incredibly graphic and gory vision. For a young boy who didn't consume any of this media. He's standing there in this battlefield. Seeing this gore. And Joey goes. I truly felt the feelings of a man who had lost his brothers. This was not something that I imagined someone must feel like if they lost their best friends in a war. No, I felt the full range of pain and loss and anguish. As if these were based on real memories of real men. I had lost my brothers. I had lost my friends. I had lost my countrymen. They had all died on this battlefield. And as Joey's standing there among the dead, he realizes, with a bit of shame, that what must have happened was he had gotten knocked out during this battle. 
and was left for dead. He was knocked out, probably covered in a couple bodies, and when the enemy force finally left the area, they did not know there was a survivor. There was only one survivor. Joey. Standing there among his dead friends. And Joey said this vision, right? He said that it wasn't a dream. He just saw this happen. He goes deeply traumatized him. He had no way to really process it. Absolutely traumatic memory, vision, experience. Because, see, here's the big thing. And also, I should add, he also goes for a long time after that, I had a really hard time looking at axes. Like, seeing them in books or on the internet. Whenever he would see an axe, it would give him a kind of a... It was revulsion. I remember once I had a dream, this was years ago, where I was trapped in this type of reality where the only way to move from one world to the next was to kill yourself. And I had done it multiple times in the dream, moving from one world to the other. We were trying to stop some disaster or something like that. I don't remember. It like me and a team. And I remember the very, towards the end of the dream, I had already killed myself multiple times to move through these passageways. But the, at the end, we were being surrounded. We were like in space. These alien guards are coming after us. And the person says, you got to do it. You got to kill yourself. We got to get out of here. And I remember I had this long knife. I pulled this long knife out and I put it to my chest and I was hesitating. I was hesitating this time and I, but I knew I had to do it. It was interesting because I had killed myself multiple times and no hesitation. I remember I put that knife to my chest and I began to plunge it in. And it was a very slow stab. It wasn't, I don't know, I was taking my sweet time with it, but I remember the knife going into my chest and I could feel the 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 skin separate just a bit as the blade first went into the skin and then I felt it start to go through just a little bit of muscle tissue and then pushed against bone. So I'm trying to stab myself in the chest. I actually feel it's actually making me sick to my stomach to even talk about. This dream happened like 20 years ago. It makes me want to throw I I don't think I've ever really talked about this dream out loud. I have this knife and I could feel it going through the multiple layers of my body, the skin and the muscle tissue and the bone. And I could feel the bone cracking a bit as I'm continuing to push this knife in. And I get it all the way in. And yeah, I want to throw up right now. I feel it go in and, and pierce my heart. Very, very painful. I remember it woke me up. I killed myself multiple times in the dream before that. But this time when I put the knife through... I felt it, that sh that sharpness. It took me a long time. I remember that morning when I got up. Um, I think I was making breakfast. This is back when I still ate breakfast, waffles or something like that. And I opened up my drawer and I saw the steak knives and I had a physical reaction, like aversion to them. It took me a long time. It took me a long time to be comfortable around knives again. That was just a dream. I know that was a dream. You know, this kid, Joey, he under online, he goes by the name Lightning Thunder Rain. He says that, um, you know, he, he didn't know how to how to qualify. He said it was deeply traumatizing. And for a long time after that, he had a hard time looking at axes. 
and, and uh, it's so fat. We won't be able to get to the the story that I really wanted to talk about because I just thought these two again were so fascinating. What is this phenomenon? Because we talked about this briefly yesterday. I'll go in a little bit more detail. If it's simply a memory of reincarnation, then it's an interesting memory. Just like any memory of something cool in your life. You had a memory of going to Disneyland as a kid. You got stuck on Space Mountain. And you had to get out and walk. Yeah, there's like safety stairs. You had to walk down it. That's a cool memory. It could have affected your daily life. Maybe you have a fear of heights. <laughs> Maybe they made you actually climb down the outside of Space Mountain. Maybe you have fear of heights. Maybe you have a fear of darkness. Maybe you don't have a fear of nothing at all. It's just an interesting memory. Getting to see a part of Space Mountain no one else had seen, except, you know, the workers and the technicians. But it's just a memory. Now, imagine if right now, as you're sitting there washing your dishes or doing your homework or biking to school or whatever it is, you're in Space Mountain. You're standing there and you see a guy being like, hey, everyone, you're going to have to get out. The roller coaster part's broken. We're going to have to walk down these stairs we're gonna have to do this and you get out and you start walking down the stairs of space mountain when you finally get to the bottom the door opens up summer sun's in your eyes you walk out into the main part of disneyland and now you're back to where you were super dangerous i gave you three possibilities of what you were doing right doing the dishes I forgot what the second one was, but anyways, doing the dishes, something else safe, riding your bike to school. All of the examples we've talked about, when these people have teleported to this other timeline, they've been doing things that are incredibly safe. Standing in a kitchen, Joey was just kind of hanging out in his house. And then in yesterday's episode, the guy was walking through the grocery store pushing a shopping cart. Then he teleported to a life and death struggle on the roof of a castle. If you were driving a motorcycle, operating heavy machinery, riding a bike, driving a car, flying a plane, super dangerous. And you would have to wonder, I'm just going to put our conspiracy caps back on like for the second time in this episode. Those accidents where the person doesn't survive. <laughs> and then everyone who doesn't survive an accident thought they were in medieval France. No, I'm not saying that. I mean, I guess I'm just saying that these time slip stories could be happening often. I mean, as far as the paranormal is concerned, and we hear the survivor stories. We hear the stories of the guy walking through the supermarket, not the guy who was riding the motorcycle, who all of a sudden was standing in a battlefield, planes are soaring overhead. Like, what's that going to do to the man on the motorcycle? He's in a different location, is reacting to different things. What I also think is really interesting, I mean, that's incredibly dangerous. That'd be the worst thing. The motorcycle guy just gets creamed on the highway. And it just looked like he was a sloppy driver. It looked like he didn't look... It looked like he didn't look to where he was going. He slammed into the car. That was the end of him. 
I mean, I'm not saying that's the cause of every accident, but I'm not saying that's not the cause of no accidents. It could have happened. But also, I think it's really weird, and we'll wrap it up like this. I will save that other time slip story for tomorrow. Time slip week continues. When What's interesting is in all of these stories, they do all share a interesting quirk that I didn't think about it until I went through all four of them, is that the person that they time slip into does not realize something's off. It's the guy in the grocery store when he comes back going, wow, what was that? I was in the grocery store, now I'm on the castle. The guy in the castle wasn't thinking, what am I doing here? I was just in the grocery store. No, they're acting on instinct. They're moving. The story of this guy who wakes up on the battlefield, he wasn't like, what? I was just sitting in my bedroom watching Paw Patrol. What is this madness? No, he was 100% involved. He became a different person. It's not... Now that I think about it, these aren't time slips. I don't think they're reincarnation either. It's something else. If I had to go towards anything, I would say reincarnation, but... I feel like it's a little bit more than that. Reincarnation to pull... Usually it's either children who are like, I used to be queen of Egypt, and then they're able to like name all this stuff. Or it's people who undergo deep hypnotic regression. And even then, they'll remember, yeah, I I think I used to be a doughboy. I think I was in the U.S. military back in 1910. These people are reliving very emotionally charged moments of their life with no hypnotic suggestion. They're just appearing. And there's no connection. It's not like they remember this. It's not like they even think this is a past version of them. They're just there. In this moment. Really, if anything, I, I you could classify it as a reincarnation or an alternate reality. But a time slip, generally, you still have your feelings and your memories. You're just in a different place in time. These people are not only in a different place in time. It's a totally different person. A boy becoming an adult. A man. A veteran on this battle. A veteran on this battlefield. The more I talk it through, it, I would say probably it does lean more towards reincarnation. But again, if you're not sitting in a hypnotist office and you're just walking down the street getting ready to cross at a crosswalk and all of a sudden you think that you're having this and all of a sudden you remember being on this battlefield. And that's another thing. It's not like these people are saying they they necessarily have a memory of this. They're just there in the moment. Fascinating story. We're going to wrap up time slip week tomorrow with I know I've I know I've teased you guys with this multiple times. I tried telling the story last week too. We're going to take a look at a guy who experiences the time slip, not the end of the journey, not the memory of the world we're in now, but what happens while the time slip is going on. The actual mechanics of the universe sending him into a different timeline or or is it we don't know totally fascinating and really terrifying look at the chaos that surrounds us we think the world is governed by rules and that's kind of true the problem is we don't know what those rules truly are DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. 
Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. 